1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, thank
0: you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who wanna know what the heck works with social media. I am very excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore SlideShare with Todd Wheatland, who is the author of the new book, The Marketer's Guide to SlideShare. I also have a really cool tool that I want to share with you. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and share that
1: right now. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered.
0: Okay, so um, you've been hearing me talk about uh, Social Media Marketing World, which um, turned out to be a great, great event. And one of the things that we used at Social Media Marketing World was a really cool tool called Snap Engage. And let me kind of explain what it does and how we used it. If you sell a product or a service that's expensive or complex and likely people have questions, like they might if they're going to be spending upwards of $1,000 to attend an event like Social Media Marketing World, then it probably makes sense that you want to have some sort of way to answer people's questions right there, spontaneously, on the spot. And this is what Snap Engage does. And you probably just heard that little sound chat in the background. It's because I pulled up the Snap Engage website while I'm recording this podcast, and up pops a little window and a picture of a guy named Blake. And it says, Hello, thank you for visiting. How may I help you? So basically, this is what Snap Engage does it allows you to embed a widget on any particular page of your website. Uh, but the cool stuff is what goes on behind the scenes. At Social Media Examiner, we actually had a team of five people that are on Skype, and we're on Skype all the time at Social Media Examiner. And what's cool is Snap Engage integrates with Skype. And what it does is it allows you to set up different tiers like tier one and tier two. For example, I'm tier two and there's a bunch of other people that are tier one. And if someone were to go to our page after a period of time, in this case, 90 seconds, if they're still on the registration page, up pops this little window with the picture of whoever the person is and a little ability for them to have an instant live chat. It completely happens over Skype which is really cool. So if the person doesn't leave a comment, then the recipient on the Skype side never realizes that there was any communication. And that's the end of the story. Um, But they can have all this conversation. It's completely stored inside of Engage. So we can go back and we can audit all the discussions. We can see how long they lasted. We can see the IP address, what part of the world this person came from. And I got to tell you, Snap Engage has been extremely instrumental in helping us answer people's questions and ultimately lead them down the path to a sale. And it's a cool social tool because it does bring live person-to-person interaction to your website. Um, It does cost money uh, and there's different rates of service. I think we, because we have so many different users, are somewhere in the $40 to $50 a month range. And I think you can get as low as like $20 or $30 a month. So check out snapengage.com. It's got lots of other capabilities that I have not uh, mentioned, but I think it's just a really cool tool that brings social support, if you will, uh, to your website. And the fact that it integrates with um, Skype, I think, is pretty spectacular. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates. Now with that, let's transition over to today's excellent interview with Todd Wheatland.
1: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
0: I am very excited to be joined today by Todd Wheatland. If you don't know who Todd is, he's the author of a great new book called The Marketer's Guide to SlideShare. And he's also the head of thought leadership at Kelly Services. Todd, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Very excited to be here.
0: So today, Todd and I are going to explore SlideShare. Uh, The guy's written a book on it. He knows a lot about it. And we're going to talk about how this can help you as a marketer. So, Todd, my first question is uh, to the marketers out there who are maybe contemplating SlideShare. Maybe they've seen a slide deck. In SlideShare, in the past, um, why should they be taking a closer look at SlideShare as a marketing tool?
1: Yeah, look, it's ob- a very obvious and and very good question to kick off with. I think I think there's really three reasons that it comes down to in the end. The first one, which is very hard to ignore, is is pure traffic. I mean, SlideShare it's it's one of the highest traffic sites on the internet. It receives over 60 million unique visits every month. Wow. Now you know, I know, you know, Mike. You're in a pretty unique situation, but unless someone runs a social media examiner, their website probably doesn't get that much traffic, right? So, that, why is that important? Well, obviously, it's a hu- it's a ton of potential people to view your content. That's, you know, a, a massive fire hose. But more importantly than that, sheer exposure to potential audience. It gives SlideShare this this incredible credibility, incredible credibility. You can trademark that if you like, for for search engines, right? So if, if if you think about a page of content on your own website, in almost all cases, you could take that exact same content, just save it as a PDF and put it on SlideShare, and that is going to rank more highly on Google than it does on your own website. So just think about that for a minute. It's uh, the 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 interplay between. Content and distribution in one place is uh, is a very unique thing in terms of what SlideShare delivers. The second thing about uh, SlideShare and why marketers should be looking at it is it's a business audience. So let, let me just say six words. Let me uh, I'm pretty sure I'll get them right. Business, statistics, social media, market, and trends, and I think research is the last one. So those six words are the most used tags on content in SlideShare. So this is a platform that's it's about business it's not about dancing cats you're not you're not trying to interrupt someone's social time with your sales message uh, you know interrupting them research and problem solving sits at the very center of what people are there to do in the first place and thirdly and and fundamentally for all of us trying to get this balance in um, in B2B uh, marketing or content marketing is is leads. I mean, SlideShare spent a, a long time messing around with a lead capturing model before they finally worked out, the, you know, they finally got the secret sauce about how to package that up. The result and what's been running for the last couple of years is a very, very simple tool. It's very simple for the visitor, for someone experiencing content and, and being confronted with a lead form, and also very simple for the marketer to to, um, to, to use. It gives a huge amount of flexibility, allows you to insert forms at the, at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, make them optional or, um, or mandatory. There's a huge amount of control that it uh, gives uh, marketers for exactly how and, and when they're going to ask for, for lead information. So they're, they're the three things that I would always say, to, to me, resonate most as a marketer.
0: Those are pretty compelling reasons, Todd. And before I ask you to kind of give a, a quick overview of, of kind of how SlideShare works for those who are not familiar with it, I want to step back for a second. <laughs> and answer a question that might be floating in the minds of of the listeners right now, which is um, the name SlideShare kind of implies that I'm going to take my valuable slide deck that perhaps someone paid me to produce um, or that I was paid to present at a conference and stick it up on SlideShare. Isn't that counterintuitive? What do you say to the person who's thinking that right now?
1: Yeah, look, it's a great uh, it's a great misnomer. SlideShare. Obviously, it began as a, it, just as that. It began as a place for people to upload PowerPoints that they were presenting at a conference or an event. Um, what it's evolved into in the, the intervening years is really a, it really is a, a content marketing platform for pretty much any sort of digital content you might want to come out with. So, if you weren't aware, you can take those. You can take any sort of presentation. You can also add. A, uh, you know, insert video, YouTube videos into that presentation. Mm. You can record an audio track and lay that over the top, and have an auto played, you know, audio visual presentation. It can also host Word documents. It's great for hosting things like infographics. You can run webcasts. And one thing that's hugely overlooked is is HD video. It it is a it's a platform for. Sharing pretty much any type of digital content you have, and it's moved far beyond that original intention or that original premise of a, a slide sharing uh, place.
0: Okay, let me ask you then a follow on question. Um, let's say that uh, I'm a blogger and I want, I have this really, you know, desire to create great content that lives on my blog, and by housing it on SlideShare, um, it's is it or, it, you know, could it be that um, all the the gravy or the search juice or all that kind of benefit goes to SlideShare rather than my blog? What do you say to folks that are, might be wondering about that?
1: Yeah, I think the the way um, again it depends on, on on what your what your openness model is in terms of uh, into in what your objectives are with the blog. If you're trying to use that content specifically to capture leads and there's a certain there's certain interactions or certain ways you can handle that on SlideShare versus your own site. If you're talking about the external or the site credibility and visibility for your own platform, the I, I would think about it much like a YouTube embed. Mm. If you it's a you know YouTube no one no one second guesses the fact in fact it's you know it's almost a, a native application now for for hosting video on, on, on websites. Just if you have content that it doesn't place as straight text on a web page and that has a, you know, a design uh, imperative or it has some sort of complexity, such as a, it's a multi-page document. Hosting that document on SlideShare enables you to embed that content very neatly in a single player, regardless of its you know, size, structure, length, etc., and have a central place for tracking the analytics around that. So I would think about it just as a as a you know as a hyped up or a souped up youtube embed rather than something that's competing with your own your own platform in fact, i think it it very much it supports and and drives traffic to your own platform
0: outstanding can you kind of get give a use case about how um somebody might be using you know slideshare kind of what's the typical use case
1: gee i think I think probably like most social networks, there's a huge range, and probably the average use, that is, in terms, you know, the, the the mean use, is probably uh, far far less sophisticated than than, than what the uh, the average marketer or the average you know, professional is trying to achieve out of it.
0: Well, maybe from how those, about how a, about how you guys are using it? How is Kelly Services using it?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I, I would like to where the with the upper end of that of that bell curve, but let, let me let me tell, tell you a little bit about how we did it. We started getting deep on SlideShare, probably. Gee, I'm not sure whether it'd be two to three years ago, but certainly we were experimenting pretty heavily three years ago. We, at the moment, we have uh, an off-brand on on um, Slideshare. So we have a, a product, uh, sorry, a brand called the Talent Project, uh, and you can check that out at slideshare.net/theTalentProject, and that's kind of where all of our big piece content, um, research reports. Um, uh, e-books, infographics, that videos. Even we, we we don't do all of our videos there, but we do have a sample of videos there. What we have is what's called a platinum network account. So it's pretty much as sexy an account as you can get on SlideShare. So it's it both gives the the platinum. If you like enables you to upload unlimited videos uh, and and really allows you to capture unlimited leads, etc. So that's sort of the talks to the scale. What the network part of that means is that our most prolific content producers, including, I guess, myself, we have individual accounts, but the relevant content is tagged and also rolls up into a mothership account, which in this case is, is the Talent Project. So it's a very interesting interplay between the you know, the company, the, if you like the official brand, the individual spokespeople or SMEs, or those who you're trying to make look like rock stars for the company, and connecting those two things with the relevant content that is shared out into into both personal and company networks. Uh, so some tied. other companies are doing interesting things with um, this network model, of Cisco, IBM, and Dell. If you, if you wanted to look at those profiles, also on on SlideShare, there's a few ways you can you can manage that. So, I, I think the the average company, if you like, the average small business, um, is really probably doing. You can achieve a lot just by going into the entry-level paid accounts because that's when you start getting access to analytics. Uh, the analytics itself gives you, for the first time, you know, without a paid account of some sort, and it's a very low entry point, it's like $19 a month, without that paid account, you don't get um, the, the visibility into who is discovering your content, what keywords are they discovering your content from, so you don't get that that learning that sort of comes from it. So I would say the the one step up that people need to take and probably the average the the what separates an entry level person from a someone who's really taking it seriously is someone who's um entered that paid account is starting to get some really strong understanding of who's coming to their content and how they're finding it.
0: So it kinda reminds me of um like LinkedIn where on LinkedIn, you know, everybody has their personal profiles. And and then you've got uh, business pages on LinkedIn, right? So it sounds like what you're talking about is you've got like a corporate SlideShare destination, if you will, and then all the Kelly Services employees um, are also creating content, and somehow it's rolling underneath that. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: That is, and in fact, it's it's an interesting point you've just made. I mean, the you know the elephant in the room is that slide, SlideShare was acquired by LinkedIn um, March last year. A lot of that, um, a lot of that trilogy, if you like, or uh, trilogy is probably the wrong word. I wanted to use some History? word that referred to three. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but a lot of that pyramid, if you like, between a company, its employees, and the, the professional knowledge they share, is uh, a lot of that thinking, that structure from SlideShare. I wouldn't say it's all been slideshare thinking coming into LinkedIn but you can see that LinkedIn's gone through a dramatic uh, philosophical and very clear strategic change in the last 12 months about exactly what role they're going to play in this content ecosystem and that uh, that those three things combined with the social networks that sort of wave around them are that you know that is the the model that we should all be very focused upon if, if you're not already spending a huge amount of time looking at everything that LinkedIn are up to um, you know everything from that, the you know the company profiles, which are becoming a more and more important piece. These on-site content ads that we literally just launched last week. What will shortly be launched with their promoted post models. It's all taking elements of things that were probably you could say experimented with from SlideShare, but then you know given the juice and the power of a, a much broader um, social platform like LinkedIn.
0: Now, Todd, I will confess that I am not. A user of SlideShare. Um, I
1: know. I just I just looked it up. I was <laughs> outraged.
0: And I'm sure that there's lots of people like me that are not. So, can you kind of just give the quick experience from the user perspective? Like, what's the? I want to I want to add a piece of content. I mean, what's the process?
1: Look, it, 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 if you've used. Um, if you have any any sort of tool, I mean, I'll I'll use the YouTube analogy. If you've used YouTube, then you really you know you you've passed SlideShare 101. You know, you up, uploading content, it, it's it's no different to any other any other form. You use the system will automatically detect whether it's vertically or, or horizontally oriented, or whether it's a video, and it will you know it will partition or place it into the right sort of categories. The the great thing that SlideShare does is it's, if there's text on slides or, or PDFs, so again, most of most content actually on, on SlideShare, certainly everything we upload is a PDF. Um, so th- that, what that enables uh, is for the system to automatically scrape that text from that from that content and land and place that on the page, so that automatically gives you huge huge uh, you know, SEO uh, flags. That that helps the content. So there's very little you need to do to really optimise that page. It it works well because it has this huge traffic and it auto and it naturally optimises content for um, for search engines. From a user's perspective, I mean, and the, the the really key thing is how do you like any when you're starting to get into any platform? How do you really start to to become active and maybe build up a following? Right? It's 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 still a little bit like Twitter circa 2008. You know, not that it's hard to get, but that people are still learning the rules of engagement because it, it's never been a, it's kind of been the ugly stepsister of social networks. It's never really been a, a true social network, but it is becoming much more so. It's like anything from from Twitter to Pinterest. You know, you you, you search, you find content that you like, and you help you know promote and share and comment on that content on that content. You follow those people making great content in your niche and then the karma of the internet starts to come back to you and those people also start to to come back and and follow you and share your content. Um, The other way that it's like, say, Twitter and Pinterest in particular is that the content has this native central role in it. There's, There's a natural discovery process for your content which isn't relying on your existing connections within the platform. The more you upload... The more you share, the the more you're likely to be found on the site.
0: Does it have a rating and review section, kind of like YouTube does? Can people kind of you know thumb up or thumb down or star the content?
1: It does not. It has a um, it has a comment says so, so. it's sorry. It has a liking so, so it's not a thumb up, thumb down. It's a, it's a like. Um, gotcha. And comment sort of section, much like much like a Facebook model.
0: Now um, you mentioned analytics earlier, Todd. What kind of analytics does it? Provide um, someone like myself. If I were to go ahead and upload, let's say, uh, a PowerPoint deck, what does it tell me?
1: Well, first off, it's going to tell you. Let me let me leap in. In fact, let me just, let me just scroll through and, and, and pull up one of my favorite little reports just to give you a sense of what I can tell from here. I mean, fund, fundamentally, it, it tells you. Um, it, it 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 really can tell you everything about. Anyone who is a SlideShare member and is looking at your content, so it, it date stamps. Um, so I'll give you. Let me let me describe one of my favourite reports from SlideShare. It's 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 a it's a snapshot of the of the last a thousand views on all of your content. So it, it's date and time stamped. It tells you the city and country where that visitor came from. It tells you the referring URL they've come from, and it shows you the presentation they've seen. Huh. What that does is it gives you a sense of where your content is trending from, but also that referring URL is, is absolute gold because it tells you what search engines are picking up on your content and what keywords people are using to find it. It'll also show you when they're coming into SlideShare, what, uh, if, it's a, if, if someone's already browsing SlideShare and using an internal link to view your presentation, you can see what content they were looking at to find your to to then be inspired to click on your piece of content as a result, and then you can get a sense from a competitive sense who else is is publishing content in a similar niche or in a similar topic to you, and how can you uh, re-optimize your content to make it more attractive? So you know, much like any sort of um, content in these platforms, you've got a, a very small thumbnail piece of real estate and a title, and by looking at the competitive set for who else is playing for that same niche? Then, by by really focusing on the visual, the visual and the, those title hooks, you can obviously get a much a much greater impact uh, versus the competition for uh, for um, for clicks.
0: Todd, does it also tell you how deep into your um, deck, if you will, or your PDF file people went before they abandoned? Kind of like YouTube, you know? It, might...
1: it, yeah, yeah, great great question. No, it does not at this stage. Gotcha. Obviously, they know, but yeah. it's not it's not shared.
0: Okay, so um, let's now think about um, from the marketer who maybe has been using SlideShare but hasn't maybe gotten the results he or she was hoping for. What are some of the mistakes that typically people make when it comes to uh, SlideShare marketing?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think a, a very obvious one is is people fail to promote the channel in its own right. I mean, the most simple thing that nearly everyone misses is is actually linking to their SlideShare account from from their own website. It's, as I mentioned before, it's been this sort of strange social social platform. It didn't neatly fit in that sort of Facebook Twitter, LinkedIn category. Um, so the same sort of and in fact it wasn't until relatively recently that I think they started taking it seriously in terms of creating the the tools and widgets to easily um, and consistently get you know allow people to promote the tool on their own website. But I've I've known companies to gain literally hundreds of new SlideShare followers in in weeks just by making that one simple change. I think in a lot of cases people are visiting sites and and I would I would hesitate to say in fact I wouldn't hesitate to say Michael I would say that if you were to um, start publicly promoting the fact that you had launched a a SlideShare channel. I'm sure there's a large number of people who frequent your website, who would who who do use SlideShare, who would suddenly be drawn to go look at your to also connect with you on that platform. So I think there's that latency for people who already are involved in this space. There's probably a latency effect that you could quickly pick up on and get and get quite a lot of traction.
0: You know, um, on the side. Of, sorry, go ahead. yeah, yeah. Quick question on that. So if somebody does become a subscriber to your SlideShare channel, what does that actually mean? How, how does that impact? Your results when maybe next time you put up another piece of content.
1: Uh, it depending on their settings, they will either get an email advising them that you have updated content. Um, so, which is obviously a very direct, a very direct piece of communication, right? So the and, and uh, my my uh, my rough gut feel is that majority of users still have those emails enabled. Gotcha. So that anyone who has uh, followed you will get an update. They will also see those updates in um once they if they are visiting Slideshare, they will see that those updates so they'd be like their stream of activity from those people that they're following is displayed prominently. So it's much like you know other other networks are starting to look all the same, I guess, but that it has that sort of um that sort of stickiness and, and cross promotion. I think um, one key thing back to your original question on the site itself, just look at the homepage of Slideshare. The content that's promoted there, and there's many pieces of content promoted there, and that's, that's basically what's trending on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. Mm. Okay, so think, if you think through your launch models for content, if you think through the way you get employees involved through their advocacy and sharing it with their own networks, by getting some basic traction, and it really doesn't take a huge amount of shares and likes and, and and activity for a piece of SlideShare content, you can quickly tap into hundreds and thousands of extra views by uh, by basically starting on another network and driving that visibility through SlideShare. And we've had we've had some very heavy white papers that reach literally tens of thousands of views in just a few days by using that sort of social traction by. Um, intentionally trending and seeding the content on, say, Twitter and Facebook before actually um, trying to trying to get it promoted into into slideshow itself.
0: You know, Todd, this brings up a really interesting question because I'm sure some of the folks listening right now may be using a third party service like HubSpot or Marketo to generate leads for their organization, um, and they might be interested in understanding how. Um, SlideShare works um, because you mentioned earlier that you can generate leads with SlideShare. Um, can you kind of explain how that works and, and also whether or not it does make sense to maybe have your, um, your e-documents in more than one location depending on what your strategy is? Because I could see use cases where it might make sense to have a landing page with a registration thing on it for an ebook. Um, on our website, and also have the ebook up on SlideShare. If their lead generation thing is pretty robust, can you talk to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, the well, two things. The there is a uh, probably the first integration uh, around this lead and, and the nurturing piece that that uh, that SlideShare undertook was integrating with uh, Eloqua and through Eloqua to Salesforce. Mm. So that is the lead capturing form. Basically, you know, goes straight into to the local backend. Uh, there is also a LinkedIn API. So if you're a platinum client and you you can basically choose from a, a, a series of customized solutions. And if you are a platinum client, obviously you are engaged more in a more you know tailored sort of model with a, a, an account rep from SlideShare. Uh, but Definitely, there are there are various models through either through Eloqua or through the API where you can capture leads and integrate them with your marketing automation and ultimately into Salesforce.
0: Can you kind of talk about how the lead capture works within SlideShare? Um, does yeah. show up so right away? I,
1: um, it 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 allows. I mentioned before that it was very flexible. So uh, I can basically define the fields that I wish to capture. Uh, if someone is a SlideShare. Uh, member and they're logged in at the point of um, of coming to a form, then the the, the the form will auto-populate. They will need to you know click submit, but it basically will will bring their information in. So it's a very simple experience from the user's perspective. As the marketer, I can establish when i want that form to appear so i can say i want it to uh, i want if you like almost gate the content right at the beginning and say fill in this form before you even get to see the content gotcha. uh, i can also drop that in midway or at the end at the, you know, at, the at the end of the, the consumption what um you can also make that obviously mandatory or optional at any point so if someone just says well no thanks i, d- I don't want to you know complete this form they can just kill it and continue consuming or you can basically say no, this is so valuable, this is a real gate, and maybe you can mimic the fact that you gate it, um, as you mentioned before, landing pages or your own website. If this is valuable enough, unique content, and you think you want to keep it gated consistently across the Internet, then you can also gate it there but still have it um, as capturing leads on this other platform. Um, huh. So you can make that form as complex or as detailed or as customized as you like. And it really is a very, and you can also do it on various layers. So you can take different approaches for different different types of content, and also experiment with: do you want to try bring that content? Do you want the content to be consumed or downloaded on uh, on SlideShare, or would you rather try force a uh, you know a an email follow up or a link back to your own website for them to complete that?
0: Wow, I mean, so there really
1: is a huge fun, you know, huge. Um, flexibility. And I think they really did. It's the secret source. I'm not sure who within SlideShare came across the model because they really did have a, a much less optimal solution a couple of years ago. But at some point, they, they really cracked a, a very, very practical model at a good price point. And I think that's what really made them start resonating with, uh, with B2B content marketers.
0: And for folks listening right now that care about leads, this could be really, really uh, a great breakthrough. Um, And one of the things that you said, Todd, that I want to key on is the optional thing. I think that this could be used as a call to action within uh, like a slide doc. Like, for example, like what you've seen so far, um, sign up for a free newsletter, right? I mean, could it be, you know, and this could be a way for uh, list growth, for example.
1: In, in fact, from a from a personal perspective, and I, and I see more and more and more and more discussions I have with people would indicate this. This is uh, I can think of probably three or four people in this sort of marketing space who are taking this model now, and that is rather than a sales lead type uh, message, basically you, you know at, you're at that point of someone consuming, typically some thought leadership, right? You've got uh, you know here's here's a piece of stuff not about us, you, you know, like any great content marketer, you're not, you're not talking about how awesome you are, you're, you're sharing knowledge and, and, and um, answering problems and things into the marketplace. At that point, do you really want to slip in a, a sales message and say, you know, do you want one of our people to follow up with you? Right. Or do you want to slip in a message saying, look, great, you're enjoying our, our thought leadership. If you, want to, if you want to keep updated whenever we, we launch new stuff, then just, you know, just confirm here. So you're basically adding them to your thought leadership list or your email list or whatever it is, um, and the opt-ins obviously increase significantly from that point.
0: That's awesome. Do you know if this um, this, this uh, ability to add forms works on uh, embed when you embed a SlideShare on a website and also if it works on mobile?
1: It works on embed. I am not 100% sure on mobile.
0: Gotcha. Is SlideShare in general pretty mobile savvy? Do you know?
1: yeah the the it is the only piece that's not um, mobile optimized is the the videos gotcha um, the so they use a third party video provider for for that streaming service and it's uh, it's flash based still um, i'm not sure of their plans to uh, to upgrade that or move to another platform but they actually do a quite a good job on the mobile side of basically making it very difficult to accidentally come across a video
0: um, two more two more quick questions um How do how does a marketer go about building up a quote unquote slide share following? Um, Is there any particular suggestions that you might provide?
1: Yeah, look, I think I think in general, I think for a lot of networks, people people really don't always probably take the amount of, and it doesn't have to be a huge amount of time, but it's taking that effort and saying, well, who. Who am I connected with on say, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn? Who who are these individuals that it's important for me who are who I'm having conversations with in my space? Who's in my email list, for example? And how take it, I mean, who's taking an hour out of the day and actually saying, Well, let's identify those people who are in our key networks who also have a slideshare account and reach and proactively reaching out to them there? I think that's a real uh, it's probably it's a very you know it's a little bit messy I guess but it is a step especially because a lot of people uh, have already have already have those networks established uh, and Sideshare is kind of a new thing it, it, to a lot of people um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't overstate the the simplicity and relative um, relative value of doing that because like I said before Michael I'm sure there's a lot of people visiting your site who just by adding a logo to your, to your site you'll, you'll you would see a, a big lift automatically in people who suddenly go well hell, I didn't know Michael's there that's great and I'm going to connect with him in that place um, I think you know the the whole the whole following thing it's the more content you add definitely the more visible you get on site so there's natural algorithmic power to being a a person with a lot of SlideShare content, so you do start to surface more in views. The power of video uh, on SlideShare is hugely overlooked. Um, we've run quite a few tests ourselves, and I've spoken with many other people who've done similar things, and that is by taking if you take the same video, say a talking head video that goes for 90 seconds, it, without any other promotion or embedding, if you were to put that video on YouTube and put that same video on SlideShare, you're almost guaranteed to get, say, five to ten times more views on SlideShare than on YouTube.
0: Huh. Speaking so, of, so,
1: it's a yeah. and again, it's a, people don't go to YouTube typically looking for you know I want to go look at talking head videos for you know targeted at ab 2 b audience. SlideShare is it's a much more business friendly audience, and because there's a relative paucity or a relative low number of videos on SlideShare, they get. Optimize and merchandise to visitors a lot more heavily. So the chances of your of your video getting visibility is much higher than there would be on, say, a YouTube.
0: You know, one of the, since you mentioned YouTube, one of the things that a lot of people do on YouTube is in their video they put a little caption that says follow us or subscribe to our channel. Um, and I'm wondering whether or not in SlideShare on the last slide or the last page you could put a little follow us on SlideShare or embed a little video on that last page saying, hey, be sure to subscribe on to, our, to this channel on SlideShare and whether or not that might have some sort of impact in the growth of um, SlideShare followers.
1: You see, Michael, you're a native SlideShare user, but you just don't know it yet. <laughs> i think it's a great idea i think that yeah that sort of experiment and that's why it's kind of a fun network to play with as well because there is that sort of experimentation right the the flexibility between the leads you know we had a lot of fun really we it actually was quite fun working trying to work out do we is there something different about SlideShare that means people are more open to leaving the platform to go fill in a, a piece for or to go fill in a form or to go download a piece of content. So the other thing that the content you put into SlideShare retains its external links. So if you're putting in a white paper or a document with a lot of um, you know appealing links to another piece of content, for example, you can put in these processes to experiment and try draw people back to your own website, which may again be behind a, a different registration wall. So there's, there's all sorts of things you can experiment with. I think the video idea you came up with was was great.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we as marketers know that uh, if you don't ask for someone to do something, then they'll never do it, likely. And just, just, just even a simple instruction on how to follow us on SlideShare, uh, especially considering the search benefits to, to SlideShare, logically makes sense that people may want to sign up and follow you if they want more of that same content. Um, Todd, this has been really incredible. I mean, you've opened my eyes big time to SlideShare and I think a lot of folks listening right now are probably going to take another look or take a first look at SlideShare. My last question is where can people discover more about you and your book, The Marketer's Guide to SlideShare?
1: Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for plugging the book. And, And obviously everyone should absolutely go and buy a few copies. Um, I, Obviously, you don't need to buy a copy of the book, but it would be nice for my children if you did. (laughs) However, there's a a huge amount of resources you can gain just from jumping in and experimenting with it. The one thing I would say, if you want to get serious and, and really quickly understand, just step up and spend $19 and create a Silver Pro account at the very least because that gives you access to the analytics and also allows you to uh, play with video and other components. So it basically gives you an entry point into capturing leads, uploading other types of content and, um, and the analytics. And with those three things, you can really get a, a great sense of what you can achieve here. If it doesn't work for you, great. You know, drop it after the first month and there's no harm done. But without that, you, it, you will find it very hard to progress quickly and it's obviously a very small price point to uh, to start to learn with the book obviously you know head in, head to amazon or there's a, we do have a website slides-guidebook.com where you can read about that there's a, there's a sample chapter you can also download but uh, I would definitely recommend just jumping into it uh, for me I'm a very open networker so you please feel free to hit me up on twitter and especially linkedin which is a you know primary network for me so very open uh, to connect with new people. And uh, if, you, if you have any specific questions on this presentation or, uh, or otherwise, then please uh, please let me know.
0: Todd Wheatland, head of thought leadership at Kelly Services and author of the book, The Marketer's Guide to SlideShare. Thank you very much for coming on today's show.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. It's been great.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that um, interview. Boy, SlideShare has just got incredible potential, and I know that I feel kind of strange that I'm not on there already. Maybe you're thinking the same. Uh, A couple things to mention to you. If you want to get any of the uh, notes from today's podcast, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 36. Episode 36 will get you directly to the show notes for this episode. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, I could use your help spreading the word about the show. And the easiest way to do that, and you can do this right now even from your uh, mobile device, is to go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash love This will pre-populate a tweet into your Twitter stream, letting your friends know all about the podcast. Um, Also want to let you know about our voicemail hotline. If you want to be possibly considered for a future episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, or let me rephrase, if you have a question that you want answered for a future episode, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail to submit your question for consideration for a future episode. Now, this does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Again, I am your host, Michael Stelsner. If you like the show, another way you can help us get the word out is by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, where I would really love it if you give us a rating and a review. That kind of helps us uh, get found on iTunes. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.